Hi Alicia, it's this time of the month where we record the Fever podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. I just couldn't wait for the new episodes. Great. Hi, everyone. I'm Vladimir Petkov, one of the hosts. And together with me is Alicia Bors. Alicia, did you miss uh, this this session, this experience? Yeah, we, we actually had a, a little bit of a break. So now we are <laughs> fresh and ready for, for a new episode. Finally reunited for, uh, <laughs> for new recordings. Perfect. Okay, let's announce the topic uh, for this episode. This time we will talk with uh, Rumina Hersuni about the media intelligence business ecosystem. Or MIBE for short. MIBE for short. And it was a great recording. This is what we want to say at this yeah, point because, yeah. yeah, we already recorded the interview. It's amazing. Uh, we have really quick announcement. This time, we are not going to record industry news. So me and Alicia and uh, Sofia and the rest of the team, we are trying to experiment with a little bit uh, shorter form of this podcast. So today we will skip the industry news. And uh, after the short announcements, we'll just skip directly to the interview. Uh, you know that uh, this podcast is a relatively new initiative from uh, FIBEP. So we're still in our uh, soul searching phase and we're still trying to find the perfect format, the most convenient format for uh, you, our listeners. So that's why this episode, it will be a little bit uh, shorter. Saying all of that before the actual interview, we have several announcements from uh, FIBEP. Alicia, you have the honor. Yeah, of course. So actually a lot happens after our previous recording. So actually there was two webinars and first of them was how is the life data scientist in a media intelligence company? And this was a webinar where three data scientists from three different companies actually talk about their daily work, what they are doing, what actually data science is. And the guests on that uh, webinar was Joselyn Marquez from Infomedia, Costas Caracostas from Cometric and Polychronis Haratidis from Data Scouting. The topics were analyzed from different points of view, some from the perspective of media monitoring organization, from the consultant firm, and also from the technology provider. I was actually a part of this webinar and it was really great and informative for everyone who doesn't yet have data scientists in their team and would like to start the data scientist yeah, team yeah. in their company. So if you'd like to get more, get listened to that webinar. There was also another one, pretty recent one. Yeah, it yeah. was called Tacting Disinformation and Hate Speech. So it was actually hosted by Oksana Kononova, who is a CEO of, of LookMe in Ukraine. And she shared with us the example of disinformation and hate speech from current uh, war in Ukraine. She so now she has, you know, firsthand information about that, unfortunately. Yeah. But actually, her presentation was so insightful. And also, there was two more panelists. One of them was Stavros Vologianindis uh, from Data Scoutings and also Yelena Hadjic from Perescas. And they talked about the hate speech recognition issue and how the technology around that works. So it was also pretty good and pretty like insightful and a lot of information in that webinar. So if you'd like to give us a listen to any of that webinars, contact uh, FIBEP Secretariat to get access to the webinars. They are also available on FIBEP website, so get check it out. Amazing content, by the way, amazing content. And the topics are extremely important for our industry. Yeah, and we also have really exciting news. So the registration for the FIBEP World Media Intelligence Congress are now yeah. open. So <laughs> after two years Finally. of 
virtual congress, we are finally <laughs> meeting in person. Are you excited, Vlado? I'm so thrilled. Uh, I have so many friends which I would like to see on that congress. Some of them already told me that we will drink a beer when we see yeah. each other. So I'm really... <laughs> there will going to be a lot of beers happening. Of so the event is happening on September 14th to 16th in Dublin this year. And the theme of the contrast is media intelligence inside Dornik and West. So as the world is facing so much uncertainty right now, the media intelligence industry and FIBAP members are kind of in charge with providing insight to their clients to help them provide clarity in all of the information that are going on right now. And during the FIBAP World Media Intelligence Congress, there will be a variety of presentations, panel discussions, roundtable talks, networking sessions, and also we'll share some best practice. So the conversation will focus on the issue that our industry is currently facing in order to move forward together. So we can wait about that. We can wait for the agenda of the summit. So you know, just register to the Congress right now. There are also early birds tickets right now. So if you would like to get a little bit of discounts, you can register already. Absolutely. Uh, we already, we, I mean, Identrix and um, other members of Data One uh, group of companies, we already booked tickets for uh, for that event. So yeah. If you want to see me and Alicia, we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. There's also a lot of sponsorship options. If you're interested in that, just contact FIBAP Secretariat to see if you can be a sponsor to, to the event. Absolutely. This is the best way if you're a newcomer to our community and into our industry. This is the best way to communicate. What do you do? And in a way to introduce yourself to the rest of the, the crowd. So yeah, amazing opportunity. And finally, we'll, we're going to meet each other on the live location. So yeah, these are great news. Before the interview with Romina, me and Alicia, we would like to say thanks to, first of all, Sophia from Data Scouting. She's the co-producer of this episode. So thank you, Sophia. And we'd like to say thanks to Identrix, the company which is uh, uh, sponsoring uh, the first series, the first season of this podcast. Identrix is a machine learning and uh, deep learning company which specializes in knowledge extraction from open sources of information. So really big thanks to Sophia and Identrix for helping this podcast. Saying all of that, let's jump to the great interview with Romina and we'll see each other in a few minutes. We are with Romina Gersuni. Hi, Romina. How are you? Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. It's always great to talk to you. And I'm Vlado and together with us is uh, Alicia. Hi, Alicia. Hi. Hi, Romina. <laughs> nice to finally see you in person. Same here. Here, For our listeners, it was really a long way until we reached this point to record with Romina because she was in a way swamped with so many bank holidays in Germany, which is not a typical thing to expect from Germany. But finally, we are together with her and we can finally do our interview about the media intelligence business ecosystem. But before going to the main topic, Romina, could you please introduce yourself and your, the company you work for, for our audience? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Romina Harsuni. For those that do not know me, I am Press Relations Global Strategy Manager. Press Relations is a 
German-based company that is active in 12 different locations across the globe, including the US and China, just to name a few, also Austria, Switzerland, and so on. We are offering media monitoring and media analysis services to our end clients in our core markets, but we are also offering software solutions for media monitoring organizations themselves. So we have a multifaceted role there as software and service providers. And personally, I've been working for the media intelligence industry for over 16 years. And today I am FIBEP's board member and vice president, and I'm focused clearly on the media intelligence business ecosystem. And I guess that's why you want to talk to me today. (laughs) Of course. What is the media intelligence business ecosystem? Our podcast is called The Media Intelligence Explained. So we are in a way obliged and forced to ask questions like this. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So in a nutshell, the media intelligence business ecosystem, uh, let's shorten it as MIVE because otherwise we spend half of our podcast saying the name (laughs) of the thing. So the MIVE is basically overview of the media ecosystem because we as media intelligence providers or media monitoring providers, we are part of this ecosystem and Actually, it's a little bit of a niche industry, as you all know. So even even though we are a a niche industry, we are affected and are affecting many other players in the market. And this includes big tech providers. It includes licensing bodies. It includes universities and researchers. And it includes many other fields that are actually much broader. But if we can put it in a nutshell, it would be a comprehensive overview of all players and the way they interact with one another. And I think it is a great tool for our industry to be explained because like this, everybody can actually have a clear visualization of where are we placed. And depending on your field of action, you can reshape this ecosystem to evolve just like natural ecosystems do. How are you going to shape the MIBE? So the MIBE was released back in Peru when we had our Congress a couple of years ago, before the pandemic, actually. Well, actually, it was more like our first hybrid or digital Congress after that. And the intention is to allow FIBE as an association to grow and evolve because we all know it, times are changing, technologies are evolving, and our industry needs to keep on growing. And the objective is to give value to the FIBEP members, but also to the whole media ecosystem. I believe that the MIBE is a map tool. So the first stage, if you would like to put it like that, it would be, okay, first is the mapping. So figuring out who is out there. You need to have a clear understanding of who is affecting your business and who are you affecting as an industry as well. This is the first step. And sorry, and who is out there? (laughs) Who is out there? What are you looking for? What are you mapping? You can put it in different perspectives. From a FIBA perspective, clearly we will look at the MMOs or media monitoring organizations, putting them in the center of the ecosystem. And then from that point on, looking at all the different players in the different areas of the ecosystem. For this, we need to consider this would be a very broad global perspective because we are 
as it says, we are the World Association. But the intention here is to make this MIBE actually tool for the members or any member of the ecosystem. Yeah, it doesn't really need to be an MMO. What does it mean that you have, if you want, three different levels for this ecosystem? You have local one, which would be the perspective of a single organization within its own country. Yeah. Then you would have a regional perspective of the players and actors concerning your own industry or business. And then you would have the global players. The global players are always there and in a way affect our system or our service. So we need to keep consideration. But depending on this, you can actually define and develop your own strategies, business strategies. Yeah. How specific it is? So do you mention names of the companies and how do you even gather this kind of information? Yeah, well, that's a, that's actually a pretty good question. It's a lot of work. I can sum it up like that. It's a lot of work because, yes, we develop this mapping first, as I mentioned, and to do so, we we have a whole commission This is the MIBE Commission within FIBEP. It is structured to include head commissioners in each region. Let's say regions are, for example, Africa, Latin America, North America, Asia, Pacific, and so on and so forth. So we have a head commissioner responsible for developing these MIBE map tools for the region. Yeah, And they have working groups, which are local players that help build these uh, map tools. So they create, and this has been the task of the MIVE Commission during this year, which is the first year after constitution of the commission itself, is clearly to create the first generation, if you want, of these MIVE map tools. So the mapping, the large mapping for the regions. And the intention is then to create some sort of open source resource. Uh, it's a bit, sounds a bit redundant, but it is like that. A bit sourcey. Yeah, too sourcey, <laughs> but you know, I, I hope you know what I'm talking about, but yeah, if yeah. not, okay, I'm never mind. Anyways, let's just try to stick to the point. Yeah, but, but will it be like a document or a website? Yeah. How do you envision that? So at this point, we want to clearly have this available, not only for FIBEP members, but actually for the whole ecosystem to see, because this is the value of the ecosystem itself, to be able to generate these opportunities and to be seen and understood by the whole media ecosystem. So how do I ambition to, to have it? Well, we want to have it as part of the FIBEP website, yeah, where we are going to put it open for people to get hold of it, yeah, to have a visual. I mean, this will make it easier to make everybody interact. And we want to, to make sure that this is available for different regions as well, because it will make it easier, especially in underrepresented areas. By underrepresented areas, I refer to areas in which maybe FIBEP is not that known because FIBEP is mainly known in Europe, I would dare to say. I mean, even though we have members across the globe, most of the members of FIBEP are located in Europe, but this is clearly just one piece of, of the whole ecosystem. And therefore, we need to make it available for all the different regions and make sure that everybody gets direct access to the information that is relevant to them because it's part of, of our DNA as media intelligence organizations. You said that the, in the center of this mapping are the MMOs. And a few minutes before that, you mentioned different actors like licensing bodies, media, etc. Could you please say 
which are the major uh, parties, the major bodies with, within the media intelligence ecosystem? First, one thing. I said that the MMOs would be in the center, but if you are talking about it from FIBEP perspective as an association, just to, to make sure that this is clear. And then, of course, I mentioned we have other areas of the ecosystem, and the ecosystem is shaped by content suppliers, tech suppliers, let's say licensing bodies, marketing uh, and advertisement, and then we have research and universities as well. So the intention here is to have the full view from journalists to universities, everybody in between that is contributing to the media ecosystem. I'm really curious, how do university contribute uh, to the media intelligence ecosystem? What is their role? I'm happy to elaborate on that one. Well, you have to understand that Universities are, let's say, the fields in which the new experts are being, let's say, created, made. if you want. Yeah, yeah made, yeah. you know. And normally we want to make sure there is enough media competency within these groups in order to be able to positively impact the future of data, the future of analysis, the future of, let's say, freedom of speech, if you want to go much further. Because as I said, it's not just about monitoring, it's about the whole media ecosystem. And there we need to be active, first of all, to attract eventually the right talent to our organizations. But not only that, it's, it's also about, as I say, giving a little bit back to society, depending on you know, depending what shoes or what hat are you wearing, you can actually position this in a different manner. But just to give you one example, I mean, we want to make sure that there is some sort of, of understanding of what is trustworthy data. Yeah, And this is a big topic and I don't really want to get into the whole infodemic issue, but we all know it. And I guess uh, everybody that is listening has, has for whatever reason been in touch with this topic somehow. So we as media monitoring organizations, we have it in our hands to help the users of data to understand what can be trusted or what should, let's say, at least be put into doubt. And it doesn't mean that we are going to be offering a fact checking service itself. It's just about, I mean, let's say if we talk about, and this is how a little bit you can see it, how the, the, the whole ecosystem interacts, yeah, right? Yeah. Because if you have the right technology or the right partner, for example, you can have some sort of rating telling you, okay, normally this publication is publishing trustworthy data. Yeah. So it gives you just a score, for example, and this score can be used by the reader to maybe deeper into the information and try to figure out whether he wants or she wants to believe it or not. Yeah. And going back to the whole university topic, I mean, there are several yeah. research and development projects being based on the universities to further develop technological fields amid monitoring of data or even just having a, a further understanding on what to trust or not to trust, just to name some field. Yeah, so from what I understand, NIPA is not only a tool, it's more of like an idea that we are, as people somewhere in the media ecosystem, in the media industry, we are all connected and we have similar goals, right? We want to make sure that the we, we can trust the media, that is something that we can rely on. And I think... That's much more than I expected me to be when we started this interview. 
Well, I'm actually happy to hear that. This is, I mean, if the message came across that way, then I am really happy because this is actually what it is supposed to be. I mean, the, the concept of an ecosystem, it's not a new concept. It's a concept coming from nature. <laughs> There is nothing older than that, right? Yes, yeah. Just like nature, the ecosystem is evolving. The media is evolving. The behavior of the users of media, whoever it is, it's changing. And the way of consumption of this data or the media is changing as well. And I'm not even getting into the whole generational gap because then we have a, even a broader spectrum to consider. But yeah, I don't want to go into that. Yeah, let's keep the generational gap for another conversation. I I, I lost track of all the letters that you have to consider in order to know which generation you're at. But going back to the point, yes, clearly the ecosystem it's a, the media, it's a map tool. And I, I'm going one step back. As, like, that's actually how I began this podcast, right? They said talking about a map tool. Why? Because the first stage is the mapping to get an overview of what companies with names are out there. And once you know that as an individual or as an organization, you can choose, first of all, who should know about you? And that's actually the first step into getting from a map to a tool, right? Because now you know who is out there. Perfect. Now what do I do with it, right? So that's where you start doing your strategic planning as an organization saying, okay, well, then I I want to figure out who should I be in contact with because it might give me a competitive advantage in my own market or who is competing with me that I was not aware about or, you know, all of these questions. So once you choose who should know about you, then you have to develop the actions for it. And, you know, in that way, the ecosystem starts moving. It makes it easier also for people not familiar with our industry to understand what's our value as an industry. Because we have somehow this kind of buffer effect. We are somehow in the middle of everybody and we are actually those having this bird eye view, if you want, to give the users of data, which are organizations or governments or universities as well, we are trying to, you know, go through all of this madness of data and giving them those pieces of information that will help them to make further decisions. And then we go back to the other topics. So it will be not only open for media monitoring organization or for universities, but it will be open also for like regular people to check what's going on in the media industry? Well, I mean, let's put it like this. As I said, the tool itself, the map tool, the MIBE, it's a snapshot of the situation, right? It has to be updated. And as I said, the commission will work on doing these updates, but this map tool, yeah, the, let's say this chart, if you want, this will be available for, for everybody who wants to use it and they will be able to work with it as they please, right? This is nothing that we are going to be defining for them. But clearly, as I said, this needs to be updated. And in general terms, you know, you could even consider different business models to evolve your own. So be it Let's say the, the, the business society or the civil society, they can choose what to do with the resource. One important benefit from the whole initiative is that newcomers, like actually the company I lead and I believe uh, Alicia's company, we are in a way newcomers to 
FIBEP and the media intelligence world. When a tool like this exists, uh, it will be way easier for newcomers like us to, in a way, navigate between the different players, different types of players, and it will be easier for us to, to do business. Uh, so I, I really appreciate the efforts and energy which you put in this initiative. And I'm, could you name a few of the people who are behind the initiative and who are working actively to, to develop MIBE? Yes, for sure. Let's say I'm just one of those working to put the MIBE forward. But the let's say the, the whole idea of the MIBE was brought to FIBE by Maria Laura Garcia, who is the president of Global News in Argentina. And she's actually the former president of FIBE. And during her role within FIBE, she brought the idea of the MIBE to the table. She brought it to discuss, to be discussed. And, and there was one of the things that we were discussing, what's the next step for FIBE and how do we offer more value to our members? And she came with the idea of the ecosystem. She was working with the ecosystem idea for her own business. And she thought, why why don't we just level it up? And why don't we bring it over and try to help our industry with it? And I, I found it clearly something very meaningful for us. And I think, and I believe it can make a big impact and a big difference to the way FIBEP works. And just one comment that I wanted to do, FIBEP, to explain to everyone, FIBEP was born as a family. Let's say it was like family businesses came together to discuss about monitoring and analysis and have some sort of exchange. And we are talking about maybe 65 years ago or something. And from that day until today, we, I mean, the association, changed a lot. And now with the media intelligence business ecosystem, it is, I would almost dare to say, one of the biggest contributions to the industry made in a very, very long time because it's also opening the spectrum not to affect family business or media monitoring organizations or, you know, it's not a standalone tool, but actually it's a tool that is there to affect the whole ecosystem and even maybe some individuals. But just because of the fact that we are providing this information and make it, it let's say, clear and open. I would like to ask you about the balance between the traditional media monitoring organization and if I can call it like a new breed of purely technical companies which enter the media intelligence market. This is my personal observation. I uh, actively monitor the new members of FIBEP and uh, my personal uh, observation is that most of them recently, like for the year the last year and a half, they're a predominantly technical organization, if I can call them like that, because my opinion is that each member is a technical, but some of the more traditional organizations, they have these relatively big editorial teams, the technical companies, they really stress on automation, AI, etc. What is your personal observation regarding this matter? I think your observation is uh, accurate in the sense that most of the recent members had a stronger technological background in one way or another. That being said, it is a fact that the evolution of this industry forced everybody to jump on the digitalization or technologization wave just because we haven't been using scissors to cut newspapers for quite a long time, you know? <laughs> I mean, even though we were still almost doing that when I started in the business, but that's another story. It is a plain fact that technology is 
very crucial role in this industry. We need software solutions and technologies to A, provide the monitoring, provide the analysis, or further develop our businesses. So you have a wide range, and also this affects the, the members of FIBEB. You have from software as a service companies, which are offering fully automated solutions, to hybrid, somewhat like, let's say, a healthy mixture of technology and human beings. And then you have what we would call manual services that are actually not really manual at all anymore. Me and Alicia, we have a really hard question for you, of course. <laughs> okay, sorry, our time is up. I have to go now. <laughs> no, 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 running now. no, no, so running. Close, so close. <laughs> the hardest questions are usually about the future. Mm-hmm. If you need to make like a really irresponsible but wild prediction about <laughs> how the MIBE map will look, let's say in five years. What would you say? What kind of companies? What kind of regions? How, how do you envision that? Well, I think what I'm going to say is not very shocking. It's something that is, I think you can you can put this answer in almost every different year and it will be still fit. Uh, I think yeah. there will be a lot of consolidation. There is a lot of consolidation happening, but it has been the case ever since, I don't know, maybe 10 years. I mean, consolidation is just not stopping. It's a non-stopping process. There will be a lot of consolidation. The technology factor will keep on growing and the human role within the industry will still be relevant in order to add this analytical perspective yeah and even if you want this this whole consultant uh, feeling right from from the industry i mean this is something that you need you know you will have a little bit more of this type of interaction i think this is actually quite high value and i do believe that this is actually the way the natural way for the industry to go so yeah i think it's not too wild, but it's uh, just something I can it's pretty a little bit dystopian say. because you said that <laughs> the number of uh, the entities will in a way decrease. But yeah, because a few of the companies will buy other companies, but maybe new type of players will appear and they will join. Do you see any like? Again, if you need to make this wild prediction, do you see any new type of companies which will enter the market in a way, make it more like diverse or different? Well, I think there are a few new, let's say, areas of business that are opening up out there. I mean, we have been, at least in Germany, let's say if we go a couple of years back, we started talking about the newsrooms. Then it came the whole topic of disinformation, as I mentioned, the consideration of going from not just giving articles to the clients, but also offering consultancy services, maybe even becoming some sort of hybrid member of their organizations by supporting them or their analytical efforts as part of the teams. I mean, for some clients, you you actually have some members of the media monitoring company sitting together with them and going through the data jointly with them. So you can see that there is a new role, an evolution of the role of the media monitoring company. And actually, this is where you can even go into this philosophy question, what is the role of our industry and what is the role that we want to play as media monitoring companies? Because clearly in the past, we would be those gathering the articles and sending like a big pile of articles to the client, be it on a PDF, HTML or whatever. And I mean, it's just less paper, but the same thing, right? You know, you were sending a lot of articles. Then eventually this became obsolete in a way. I mean, not really obsolete, but just 
it became hard to manage because it was just too much data. And then, you know, you started doing this selection and then you not only make the selection, but you make also management summary of it. So, you know, like in the end, I mean, you still do this as a base, but you go deeper and deeper into the consultancy factor, the strategic consultancy, communication consultancy, and many other layers there. You don't only talk to the communication or the PR representative, you talk also to marketing people, you you talk maybe to people in the C-level of the organization, I think the role is changing and we are not just monitoring anymore. I mean, and the topic of analysis, it has always been relevant. Yeah, measurement analysis, KPIs. I mean, all of these topics, you know, they keep on being front and center, but changing in a way that you can actually add new or different features to the service that you offer. So moving into the future, this will not stop. I mean, (laughs) why should it stop? And and clearly, yes, maybe there is consolidation, but consolidation doesn't mean that no other players come into the market. As you said, new players might have a much larger technological component to their services. New players might come even from let's say, the regional, the local or the global area, you know, of the map, if we go into these three dimensions. I mean, we don't know what's going to be the next move of big players like Google, for example. I mean, they're always out there. (laughs) Lurking around. Yeah, well, (laughs) sure. But it's it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I don't see that as a bad thing, you know. I wanted to say that using the MIPA, so using the business media intelligence ecosystem, you can actually find a new niches in the system there. So you can find a way to kind of enter the ecosystem in places that are not redeveloped right now. Yeah? So that's a kind of way for the new companies to go into our system. Yeah, definitely it is. I think that's actually the brilliant part of the ecosystem, right? It's the part in which you make it clear and transparent and transparent it's a very important aspect here. Who is part of this ecosystem? Who can be your next business partner, you know, your cooperation partner? Or maybe where can you further develop your own business? And it's not just a tool for, you know, okay, it's not just the mapping, as I said, it's actually something that should help you on your own strategic planning as a business, wherever you are at in the ecosystem. And if you are a newcomer, maybe it helps you find the right person to, you know, maybe be your founding member. Why not? I mean, if you are a startup coming over and saying, hey, I have this idea and I need someone to partner with, you know, you might get some hints of who can you talk to or, you know, why not? I mean, it's it's open in every direction. Yeah, for a company like mine, uh, which is just starting in a international media ecosystem because we are based in Poland for the most of our time. And I this actually this tool is like amazing for, for us to find a new partners and way to develop. As I said, the like Maria Laura back then, she came with this idea that has many levels in which it can be useful. Uh, from my perspective, I mean, first of all, I think it adds a huge value for the FIBEP members because they get first-handed data on a large-scale market research. And this is something, I don't know how to measure the value of something like this, because we all know how long it takes to make a market research. And if the association can at least put the base, you know, for it, then of course, As I said, each member or each person or whoever is interested in the ecosystem can then 
download, uh, let's say, the data. It's not there yet, but will in my head, <laughs> will be able to get hold of, of, you know, of the static result and, and maybe make further development of it on his or her own. And like this, you can basically keep on developing your own strategy in your own market. And as I said, I mean, it's very ambitious. Yeah, we, we need to now go in, keeping, bringing it from the whole ideal and future, bringing it to where it is at right now, because I think this is also important to work a little bit with expectation management, at least at this point and it, at this stage where we are at. The commission was created this year. And we have now uh, Maria Laura playing the role of health commissioner for Latin America. Then we have also um, members from other organizations, from Karma, for example. We have Salana Hawi, who is head commissioner for the Middle East and North Africa. And then we have head commissioners for North America and Asian Pacific and so on and so forth. So the first step for the commission was to be formed, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. And someone <laughs> to find someone who was willing to take this challenge because it's not that easy. The role of the commissioner and the head commissioners include not only caring for having working groups to develop these map tools for the regions, but also they act as ambassadors for FIBEP to raise the awareness about the existent existence not only of FIBA, but about the media intelligence industry. Because as I said, even though for us who are part of this industry, it's kind of, you know, it's the go-to association. There are many out there that don't know about us. So the first role is of the head commissioners is to work as well as ambassadors for our industry to raise the awareness not only among media monitoring organizations on the local level but also with the other players of the ecosystem so it is quite an ambitious goal and the intention is at this point to work we have the commissioners now we created the working groups we develop our roadmap and in September we are going to have the Congress, the FIBEP Congress, which is going to be a hybrid Congress. We are actually really excited about seeing our members again in person or those who can travel at least. And we are planning to present the results of the first stage of these MIBE map tools in the regional levels. Some of them are quite advanced already, so this is quite exciting for us. We are going to be also releasing in the next months a couple of regional events. This is also a big change for FIBEP, as I said, because normally FIBEP was focusing, I mean, since most members were locating in Europe, there were not so many regional events in that sense. And this is the first time we're going to be doing some regional events also with the main goal of raising awareness about FIBEP and the ecosystem, which I think is the first step. And uh, also there will be some webinars, maybe oriented for the broader audience uh, being released in the next couple of months. So there is a lot to do and a lot happening, a lot of movement. I'm sure this will change in the next couple of, of weeks and months. But this is where we're at right now. Great. I'm really I'm really excited about the first version of MIBE. If there is an organization, maybe someone is listening to the, this podcast and they want to contact you and for sure be in MIBE, how can they do that? I would recommend that they get into the, the FIBE uh, website, which is FIBE.info. There you find all information available from 
past events, current events, uh, information about the ecosystem itself. And if they want to contact us, they, they can always contact us per email to the FIBEP Secretariat. And the, the email address is already available within the website. So you can just check it out there. I just don't want to give many addresses so people don't get confused. But just go to the FIBEP.info website and there you will find the contact details for the Secretariat. And here you can just reach out to us and be part of this process. This is the way. Thank you. I think that this is a perfect moment to finish with our, our interview. I would really like to personally thank you to all the efforts you put in this initiative. It's extremely important for our ecosystem and crossing fingers that you will be able to release the first version just in September. Yeah. Not that much uh, time left. No pressure. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I'm, I'm completely yeah, relaxed. You know, I had two two banking holidays the last couple of weeks. I'm completely relaxed. Jokes aside, I mean, as I said, this is all work in progress, and whatever we we will have until September, it's world's difference because it's the first version, you know? So actually that's the good thing about being the first ones in this role, in this commission. We have the opportunity to put this, this foundation for the ecosystem. And as I said, it's the first stage after just making it clear to the members what it is, why do we need it? What is it going to mean for FIBEP? I mean, this whole internal awareness, internal understanding that needs to be created. I mean, we we consider this to be there now and that's why we can move to the next stage, which would allows us to create all of these first mapping tools. And, you know, it will go step by step. But I'm sure that in the next years, this will play much more of a vital role because as you can imagine, this will also affect all areas of FIBEP as an organization, considering neighboring markets, considering who can FIBEP partner with, where can we get more value for the members, where can new members come from for sure, where can new partners come from and where can we learn. So I think this is all quite exciting and it will bring a lot of movements in the next months and years to come. This is great. Yeah. Really thank you and talk to you soon, just in a few months in person yeah. in, in Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good then. Yeah. Next time with a beer. Perfect. <laughs> okay, guys. One beer from us one beer from us okay that's good that's good <laughs> I, I like this spirit anyways i look forward to seeing you thank you also for for inviting us and i look forward to to get you joining the the ecosystem thank you so much for thank today you. yeah thank take you take care bye this was the end of the interview and we really hope that the whole conversation was very interesting and very useful for you. If you want to receive notifications for future Media Intelligence Explained episodes, you can do that by subscribing to our podcast. The best way to do that is to go to Spotify, find our podcast and subscribe to it or to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to send us feedback. Just go to Twitter and mention us or write us an email. Uh, our email is secretariat at fibep.info and we are eager to, to get your feedback. We will really appreciate that. If you want to support us, again, go to Apple Podcasts and write us a review or rate us on Spotify or just send us ideas for new episodes, topics or feedback. Uh, this is just the second episode of our podcast, so it's extremely 
extremely important for us to receive feedback. As we said, the best way to send us feedback is to write us on secretariat at feedback.info. A few words about who worked on this episode. The hosts were Alicia Bors and Vlado Petkov. Our guest, Rumina Gersuni, the producer of the episode, Sofia Karakieva and Alicia Bors. And also we would like to say thanks to Emily Jadler, uh, who helped us with all the announcements from FIBEP. I would like to say thanks to our audio editor, Anton Vele from Govori Internet. would like to say thanks to our marketing team, Anna Tsanova and Oresti Patricios. And I would like to say thanks to Identrix, the company which uh, supports Media Intelligence Explained. Thank you, and we will see each other in a month. Bye-bye.